Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Geekscape episode 215. Uh, this is Jonathan Lennon over here on the left side, and I've got a guest every week to talk about movies, video games, and comic books. We're a weekly podcast if this is your first time, and this week my guest is um, our good buddy Simon Pegg, who has a book out right now. You guys in the U.S. can go and pick it up. It's called Nerd Do Well. All right, it's been on the uh, shelf for about a week now, right? I believe so. I think it came out last Thursday. Mm -hmm. And uh, how long has it been out in the UK? Because we do have people in the UK who watch the show. We have people in Australia who watch the show. Yeah, it came out last year in the UK and um, uh, just before Christmas, I think. And then I wrote a special. Then, then the the, the notion of it coming, uh, getting a release over here came up, and I wrote a special forward for it for the US. And then. Uh, and and now it's out here, which is nice. I didn't know. I didn't really know it would ever come out here. So it's uh, it's it's nice that it is. Were you worried that there just wasn't an interest stateside for a story about a? You know what I mean? Even though even though you were in movies that had done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here in the U.S., were you worried? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if there was an interest in me particularly. Mm -hmm. I thought you know I, I, there might not still be. <laughs> uh, it was just one of those things that kind of. Um, I try to make it a slightly more relatable tale, so it's not just like some memoir by some guy in a mm -hmm. film. It was more—I I was going to write about like making Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and those movies, and but it was kind of boring. I, I couldn't—I couldn't really find an angle to make that sound interesting to someone who wasn't there. And it struck me that things that happened long more, uh, you know, in the past were it was easier for people to relate to because mm -hmm. it's about a kid who grew up liking certain things and then wound up interacting with those things as an adult and that felt like it might have some legs so that's that's what it is and I wrote it myself which is another difference to other memoirs and uh, I, I've been re I'm about a third of the way through guys like this isn't one of the things where they mail you the book and you're just like okay where's the where's the scandal you know what I mean <laughs> which, which sometimes they do in interviews and that's fine yeah yeah of course but uh, Simon it feels like we've been with you on your career even in the states since 03 mm. you know what I mean since Son of the Dead or since Space came out mm -hmm. uh, and so reading a book like this uh, the reason I want the Geekscapers to pick it up is it does sound a lot like our story. Right, right. You know what I mean? Even though you are Simon Pegg and you have uh, led an awesome geek lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, reading the stories of how you almost drowned in the swimming pool or, you know, got beat up by a, an inanimate fence or a wall, <laughs> brick wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and stories like that are, are, are stories that I think we've all lived, but it's got your unique voice. Right. So there's a resonance in reading the book that I think a lot of geeks will find uplifting. Yeah, Especially in context to where you've ended up. Absolutely. And I think the people that have, you know, like, like you say, like us, who have the same interests will be able to get a sense of how amazing it's been, you know, just when you are a huge fan of somebody who then you find is your boss, you know, or mm -hmm. whatever. And that, that, that sense of wonder. I mean, I was trying to almost inspire that in myself because... And I had this whole thing in the book about going back in time and telling your younger self. When I met Tom mm -hmm. Baker, Doctor Who, in 1978, you know, I wish I could go back in time. When I was making, the, when I was in Doctor Who, I thought it'd be great to go back and say to myself, "You'll be in that one day," you know. Yeah, the the, par the portion with Nimoy. Where yeah, you're watching yeah. the motion picture for the first time. You're watching the first Star Trek motion picture, not yeah. knowing that later on you would be, you know, yeah, talking in a scene to him, him as insane. that character. I mean, no, that, that's what I was saying. It, it isn't just about meeting mm -hmm. Nimoy. It's it's about meeting Spock is who mm -hmm. I met because when he was talking to me it was in the Star Trek universe and his ears were pointy and it wasn't even reboot Spock no it, it was, was it was shit Spock. Spock yeah right yeah how often do you pinch yourself on sets because you know you're writing about talking walking on the Enterprise for the first time and things yeah, like yeah. that how often do you just spend your days pinching yourself I'm bruised constantly bruised right. by self-pinching <laughs> so, my, so my lower leg is just black with, uh -huh. uh, with pinch bruises in um, the book honestly like, like uh, you spend a lot of time talking about yourself uh, as wanting to be a performer mm-hmm you know, uh, e even if it was to 
not be the class clown really because I, I feel like a class clown is kind of somebody who doesn't respect the teacher's mm -hmm. authority you know and, and I don't think that's how you got by I no. think I think you concentrate on your classes you respect the teacher and there was almost that sense of wanting the teacher's approval as almost a friend right yeah because you do talk about your your teachers almost more camaraderie like than you do your own peers well that's certainly the teachers that had an effect on me you know mm -hmm. there were teachers who i really couldn't care less about pleasing but they're, they're, <laughs> we they're, all have those yeah <laughs> there are ones that kind of you, you felt had some faith in you you know mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's an incredibly important job teaching i think it needs to be teachers need to be paid more they need to be paid mm -hmm. like doctors and, and and lawyers and stuff you know their job is is vitally important in in, in creating a you know the future of the of the world right so and uh, thespians yes <laughs> but but thespians, you said thespians, right? but thespians are important because they inspire us. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I remember as a filmmaker coming out of film school, I was dating someone and being over their house, and I remember the the I guess the mom's boyfriend was always like. Uh, so how's make-believe? But make-believe isn't what we do. Yeah, no. What we do is reality commentary. It's, it's making something tangible that's fantastic mm -hmm. so that you can bring your own human emotions, your, home, your own experiences to the table and have, I don't know, some kind of uh, reflection to it. Right, you right, know? right, right, right. In, in a way, there's some fantastical elements in your book. Every now and then, it was some of the chapters are your own narrative fiction writing yeah. about a um, what would you call it, like a super Simon type figure, yeah, like, like kind of this Batman, kind of Bond stroke Batman, type. <laughs> and you've got like a robotic uh, butler. butler who yeah. can fly like an X jet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what made you want to put stuff like that in the book? Because I I think there's something really important in those chapters, and yeah. I think somebody who just wants a biography will hit those chapters and say. Fuck, I could just skip this, but I don't think they should. No, I think I, I was kind of, I think I was making a point with those chapters in that I'm very aware that writing a, a memoir is a fairly indulgent thing to do. I, <laughs> I, I get slightly kind of uneasy even now at the thought of it, just because I see other memoirs on, on the shelves and I think, well, who the hell do you think you are? Why, would, mm. why do I care about your life? And so the, the, the fiction story in the book is, is me saying, look, I know this is fairly self-indulgent, but go with it. You know, there's, there's a point to it and it's, it's written with honesty. It's, it, there's no other motive other than, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to tell a story nicely. Um, and and the, the super me is like the absolute, you know, extreme end of my uh, super large ego. You know, it's me writ large. And, it's, and, and it was enormous fun to write. It's, it's basically writing badly. Right, fun, you know. I mean, that's the part that's going to be adapted. By the way, you do. You do yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> you do that. It's like a Stan Lee comic book. Yeah, exactly, it's yeah. it's super loud and full false bravado, though. You know, and you don't. There's a, there's a modesty even in those portions where you're like, okay, I, I didn't catch the Shawshank Redemption quote, even though I said I know. Oh Shawshank yeah, Redemption. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's that. Is 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 there? I mean, have you? Do you think you'll ever shake those massive insecurities? I mean, you know what I mean. And can I say that they're insecurities? Yeah, I, mean, I hope not. I, I mean, mean, it's kind of it's important. Right. It makes up who you are. You can't. No one. I mean, it's a cliche and extreme, but nobody's perfect. And I think right. that admitting your foibles is uh, is is at least some evidence of humility. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting. You should say that with the with the the idea of adapting that story. It's yeah, like let's that, do it. But that, web videos. Let's do it. But that story for me is like part of the appeal of that story is that it's written and that a lot of the, the jokes, a lot of the humor of it comes from the descriptive prose and the overuse of adjectives. <laughs> and, do you know what I mean? That's all, and that is a very good example of something that, you know, someone who is a, like a movie exec might think, yeah, let's, that, let's, let's do it, that's a great oh, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it's not. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. Really, it's it's bad. You know, it's kind of a very ob- it's full of cliches. It's full of it's 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 willfully like an airport pulp novel, and it works because of the way it's written. That happens with like you know people who think oh that video game could make a good film and it just doesn't and it just doesn't you know I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think it lacks and, and you're doing it intentionally but at South by Southwest we talked to Greg Mottola you guys had that screening of Paul yeah you were the only person who skipped us in line by the way we oh were, sorry uh, I but, didn't you, realize. but we got you here so <laughs> hey, Nick isn't sitting here <laughs> exactly he, tell Nick he's not sitting here I've come to uh, your house Greg's not sitting here <laughs> um, what Greg and I, what, um, Greg and I were talking to, and keep in mind, I went to film school because I saw a movie called the um, the Out of Towners. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw that at South by Southwest in, in early college. And when I got to school, I, I saw the poster. And I was like, Wait, that guy went here. I gotta go here. Yeah, yeah. And that, then he goes and does Superbad and Paul, which is so such a sweet, sincere movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I got him in line, I, I talked to Greg, and really sincerity is what I think those things lack. When you say I'm going to adapt a video game or I'm going to adapt a comic book, the thing that you need to keep the barometer on it is are you losing the sincerity of what made it successful? And with you, the, the sincerity is in almost the false bravado. Right. right? right. And the, the tongue-in-cheek, hey, I know I'm fucking around. But <laughs> it, it's really in going 50% there and letting the audience, again, bring their experiences to it Absolutely. and invest themselves in it. Um, that's uh, Guys, you guys really should pick up this book, especially if... I don't know, you're, you're, you're struggling with your own geek place in the world because <laughs> it's something where you're, you're reading this and you're like, this is a guy who's being completely sincere. Like I said before, all the foibles and all the, all the fuck-ups are, are here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Were there any points in writing the book where you were like, you know what, I just can't write that? I know you've changed names. Yeah, there were th- well, any any time when I thought it might things be things like cat's anus, cat's anus, which is very <laughs> because that couldn't possibly not be a fake name. Uh, I kind of felt that um, anything that was that wasn't relevant or it didn't really need to be discussed. This wasn't me. I didn't want to tell everybody everything. It wasn't I want to tell you about my life. It's dirty laundry. Yeah, right. and, and also it's it's not important. It was kind of it was more about the idea of of you know just someone who who had certain interests who parlayed that into actually being part of those interests mm-hmm. and, and and the lovely little moments whereby you know like coming home from Rage of the Lost Ark and telling my mom about it and, and and waxing lyrical about this amazing film I'd seen and then years later having the director of that film's voice coming out into our living room because he was on the phone to us and and uh, you know that that is just it's wish fulfillment mm-hmm. it's just it's just vicarious wish fulfillment if you read it it's and it also I, I've never been I've always been slightly baffled by people that get into this business and play it cool it's like mm-hmm. I mean Orson Welles had it right with this train set you know metaphor that it's like having a big train set it really is like just it's it's an amazing thing to be walking onto the set of Star Trek for the first time when I walked onto the bridge of the Enterprise for the first time you know you just want to jump up and down and I mean all those young kids <laughs> you know the Chris and Zoe and uh, all the all the guys they're so and JJ JJ I know JJ I mean, he must have been geeking out harder than all of you absolutely but like all the like I would say like Zach Quinto, Chris Pine, Zoe Saldana, John Cho. Admittedly, I came slightly later. They'd already mm. got on there. But, you know, they're so together. They're such a great bunch of people. It's a really good cast, actually, in, in terms that we all get on very well. And there's a sense of camaraderie to the point when I joined the cast and they'd already been shooting for a couple of months, it felt like they were waiting for me to get there so we could all be one, you know, mm-hmm. like in the movie. It's like this bringing together. It's like college the old... and everybody's coming back after like a summer. Yeah, yeah. 
But I, I, I was like, I was looking at them thinking, why are you jumping up and down and laughing and shouting hooray? Mm -hmm. Because we are on the bridge of the Enterprise. But they just not, uh, they aren't geeks, but I oh, mean, yeah, they, but get they did all. a phenomenal job of the movie. But they have, they have that, uh, they have that sort of self-possession which comes from, I guess, growing up in Hollywood mm -hmm. or where, you know, it's, it's fun and it's exciting and they enjoy it, but it is a job and it's right. like, you know, whereas I feel like I'm still a kid from the, from the countryside. <laughs> that button Should I be works? here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although Chris broke. So well for your characters. Yeah, for Scotty. Yeah, absolutely. I remember what's, what's Chris broke the guy? chair at one point. Chris Pine. Chris, Chris broke the, the Kirk's chair. He sat in it, and it was like, whoa! Uh, oh, the Kinsa. Yeah, what's the that idea? little guy who who helped you out on the island? I, when he gets sad, that's that's one of the most emotional cores of that movie. When I he gets sad when that you was leave. A, that was a, well, that what happened was we were shooting that scene. That was Deep Roy, the guy who mm -hmm. was all the all the uh, the Oompa Loompas in the. Tim Burton, um, well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Just taking jobs everywhere. Yeah, I know. Well, jobs for, for a small man, he's like, you know. <laughs> um, and and we just got this relationship where that like Scotty had been marooned on this planet, you know, punitive uh, action from from Starfleet, and and this was his only mate, and they were kind of like the odd couple, and um, very antagonistic towards each other. And when it's I. Like <laughs> when I uh, when, when I'm sad when I leave, I do not. <laughs> you go, we just had this thing that when Scotty leaves uh, and Keynes is left on his own, you know, he's like, oh man. <laughs> and then we, because we were laughing about it, me and JJ were laughing about it so much. We were, we were, because it was a genuinely sad little moment. <laughs> That's why you see him again at the end, because we were like sitting around just shooting the shit and said, wouldn't it be funny if, like, at the end, he was he had him on the he had a little stuff outfit on and, and stuff. And, 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 and jerks like me are looking for him at the end. We're like, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's got to come back. He's like the dog in the movie. Like, I don't know. I don't back. know if that means I'm now going to have a you know a, a little alien. Is he have an action figure? I don't know. He if should it come does, packaged actually. with yours. He should. He would be like really an sad if he was by himself. That's the thing that you children know? swallow and get dogs. A little, get a little backpack like Yoda. It, 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 you came at like a perfect storm of 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 geeks coming to power with things like uh, like your own buddies, you know, like like JJ yeah. we're talking about or yeah. Greg yeah. or um, yeah. It, I mean, you're able to play in some pretty cool, uh, you know, like you said, um, train sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, did you see Super Eight? I have, yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, you liked it? I thought it was like it was a weird kind of companion film to mm -hmm. Paul in a way. It's it's like I mean, for JJ. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's what we were all thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's, and JJ. He ripped you off. No, no, no. Man, you talked about this to him. <laughs> no. You said, "Listen, I area 50, Come on." I, I have sent him Paul because he has, he still he has, he's been so busy, and I know this for a fact. When we were ripping doing, your shit off with a Mission Impossible. <laughs> he, he, he he was on Super Eight the whole time with that. Don't but lie. Way back when he wrote me an email. And we were both both in the process of making the films, and he just says, "Out of interest, what's uh, what's Paul about?" And I said, "Oh, you know, it's like uh, uh, some guys, and they find an alien, and they sort of help him." And, and he's email back saying, "Hey, I think we're making the same film." <laughs> you know, he he took like a pause between emails, immediately called Spielberg and said, "I have the idea for the Super Eight with Kids movie. We're going to do Area 51. <laughs> There's a train, and they're going to transport. I don't know why they're not going to transport in a plane. They're going to transport on a train." Um, was the call with uh, Spielberg? Was he just like? Okay, I'll do a small voice cameo with you. I'm gonna go produce this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It's like, super bad one. I, I said to I said to, to JJ when we were speaking about it after. I said, uh, you know, yeah, he produced your film, but he's in our film. You know? Yeah, it was that was Steven Spielberg's idea. We were we were on the set of Tintin, and uh, we were just telling him about it, you know, because we wanted to share our idea with him that, that he'd had this link to Paul over the years mm. and was kind of like, you know, maybe shared some ideas, had a bit of creative And they're both kind of love letters to the man. Yeah, you know? it absolutely yeah. is. You know, they both are. 
And um, Stephen really liked this. He said, oh, that's really funny, isn't it? Maybe I could like call up during the film and I could be on the phone to Paul. And Nick and I were kind of, we sort of went, he thought, he, he thought of that idea. <laughs> yeah. where he went. It wasn't even in the script. And so that's why it's the only cutaway in the movie. It, it, it almost is structurally is slightly crowbarred in because at no point in the film do we zoom off to anything like right. they used to do in space. It's all chronological, but but it was like for Stephen, you break form, you know. And I went off and I typed this little uh, this scene up with Nick and um, and sent it to Stephen. Stephen, you know, read it, went, yeah, okay, and came into the sound studio with me and Greg and Seth Rogen and Nick uh, on his own, no entourage, just turned up, drove himself there, came in, did the scene with Seth, gave us a hug and left. <laughs> it was like, who was that man? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about um, what I loved about Paul was that that complete sincerity I mean that love letter aspect to it and watching Super 8 and you guys saw the review last week um, the Super 8 felt almost too beholden to the love letter right like I wanted to see more JJ right, right you know right, what I mean right. like I'm like oh, this is JJ co doing cover songs I, you know what the difference ended up being when I was thinking about it today you're not in the film right you should have been in Super 8 like right. I, I'm thinking like like you were in Mission Impossible 3 right he, he, he did the best version, and even though he's going up against De Palma and Anwu, Mission Impossible 3 was the best one. Yeah, yeah. And then he did Star Trek, a franchise which was like, what are we going to do with this franchise? Give it to JJ. He fixes it makes it amazing. <laughs> yeah. Super 8, you should have played the alien. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Dressed as sort of like, yeah, you know, like a big Yeah, character. I'm thinking like, there was a role in there for you. Like, Shouldn't it have been Greg Grunberg really before? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> he's like JJ's go-to guy. Wait, really. Could you imagine the scene? Well, that's what happened when he got yanked from the plane. He gets yanked right. by the plane. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. He gets turned into the monster. I mean, you could had you pick up the kid and be like you too should let go of your mother <laughs> and put him down and be like i want that keepsake see ya and then you go and be build your magnet I, I i didn't understand in super 8 call jj right you have him on your, I call, do, yeah. call him right now and be like okay so the army's been studying him for 25 years and they know it's subterranean and they look in the trees like um is this our tax dollars i mean gone? picking apart stuff. i know i know it, suspend it, your disbelief this suspend is what, it. this is what we do geeks <laughs> this is this is what we do as geeks welcome to geekscape. i know it is and it's all about the details welcome to geekscape it's you know what i mean it. we have a kickboxer poster and it's ready to party <laughs> <laughs> the um the suspension of disbelief is something that uh this week i went to see green lantern it's the big one that came out this week um, and going into it, the internet was just on fire about this is the Green Lantern movie is no good. Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 20%. And I'm sitting here going, shit, everything about this movie looks spot on. I go to Green Lantern, I gotta tell you guys, I loved every part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all an exercise in not suspending disbelief, but again, what we were saying about tone and sincerity, he's not Batman. If you guys went in there, see the DC logo and say, great, we're gonna get a Batman movie, that's not who he is. No. These are fun space ranger type of stories and that's what you get you got a really fun fast wheeling sometimes almost silly movie but there's still some darkness in it because it's about fear versus willpower and what makes you afraid i'm glad i haven't seen it yet and and i haven't had the chance but i i have i was hoping it's going to be good i really like ryan Didn't invite you to a premiere? Well, uh, I'm busy. I'm, no, anyway. no, no, no. Listen, Green Lantern. How long have you been waiting for this Green Lantern movie? Uh, oh, all my life. Yeah, so, so <laughs> listen, we, we got a, a whip cracker back here for the, for the publicity. Talk she about makes the me book. do interviews. Talk, talk, talk about the book. Talk about the book. You, you can't give him two hours to go see a little space movie? I, I, you know what? I could probably go see it tonight, late showing after yeah. my signing at the Grove. Um, I, we won't air this before the Grove. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Well, that's not tonight, guys. I, yeah, I like, I like, I know there was a bit of, I know what it's like when, you, when you're cast in a film and people are like, oh, I don't know about that. Cause he was I, phenomenal. Yeah, but you know, Ryan Reynolds right. is, is, is going to get kind of people going, oh, well, he's too sort of handsome. And, and he's, I mean, Ryan Reynolds, I can actually assure you, is a, a lovely guy, loads of humility, very sweet, very funny. He's not some bonehead, you know, he's mm -hmm. in, and, and, and. Well, that's because he's Canadian. 
There you go. You think that's that, ex- that explains he's, it. He's not American, so right. I'm going to change nice. my neck. Well, then let's look. If you're walking Canadian. through the streets of Vancouver the other night, I would say that's probably oh, not that's the case. <laughs> but then when it comes to the Canucks, Unless you're the people you know. making out, who was an Australian, it found, I found out. Remember the couple that was making out during the riots? Did you see that photo? No. There's a photo that's like viral right now of yeah. a couple making out during the, 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 the riots. Yeah, they're laying out on the board. There's uh, a cop in the foreground, the rioters in the background, and they're just kind they're of in the middle. Zone, that's amazing. Going at it. Yeah. Well, that's. I spent a long time in Vancouver when I was shooting Mission Impossible, and mm. I actually went to a hockey game, and I totally and utterly understand why that happened because that, they came so close within a within an ace of something they've been dreaming about for a long time. Of course, they were pissed. I come from a, a, a country where football causes major problems. Used to at least with mm-hmm. the fan violence. We get that in the Midwest. Oh wait, other football. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Never no, mind. We get it. Know. Oh, the real the proper football. Got, which, proper football <laughs> yeah, yeah. With an OL when the Hispanics spell it. Correct. I got it. Um, <laughs> Guys, when you, when you read this, uh, you know what? What I love too about knowing your voice from from having experienced you guys for like eight years mm-hmm. uh, with the, the Edgar Wright movies and things like that is when reading the movie, you don't need a translator. Sometimes when I'm watching BBC America, like we're watching Luther and we're like, why is the dude from The Wire talking like that? Yeah, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> you, know, uh, you, you sometimes a lot of it slips past you. Here, even if I don't know what the hell the word means. You're rocking the geek language, and that is like the translator for us. You know what I mean? We're like, oh, that's what. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I think that's so true. And I think what what that the I think geek culture democratizes the world. Everywhere I've gone, whether it's been Australia or here in America or back home or in Europe, geeks tend to be very similar to it. I mean, it's because they all have the same interests. They're all united by a similar pain. Pain, but also <laughs> anger, fear, aggression. Ryan Reynolds looks like the people who cause us pain. We will not accept you as Green Lanterns. <laughs> but there's a passion there, you know, that's 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 consistent. And um, I, I I always maintain, you know, people are always going about, oh, there's a difference between American and British comedy, all this kind of stuff. It is only the little details that differ. That mm. differ. You know, the reason The Office was remade was not because it, the British one wasn't good enough for America. It's because it needed to be made more relatable for American audiences. And that's no one's. That's not America's fault. That's not. That's just fair enough. You mm. know, and they did a great job of it as well. You know, it's the references. It's the little things that the the, the brand names, the politicians, the cultural ephemera that that differ. Otherwise, we have the same sense of humor. You know, and, and we can enjoy each other's comedy and each other's artistic output, whether that be Green Lantern or, you know, a painting. When they were adapting something like space, something that was personal, do you guys, like, what was going through your head on that one? How much control did you guys have? Oh, on none. The, 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 the problem with that was that we were... We weren't even asked. I mean, it, it didn't belong to us. It belonged to, you know, we, we, it, we'd signed it away mm-hmm. to Granada USA or whatever, and uh, a production company found it, thought they'd reversion mm-hmm. it. And, um, and also, but, but put it in variety as... Uh, from the guys that made Shaun of the Dead, didn't even mention Jessica Hines, who is my co-creator mm-hmm. in Space, and and as if we'd approved of Did it. Did you want to fight people? You wanted to fight some people. Yeah, we right? were mad. Yeah. We were mad as hell. Right. There was a whole campaign about uh, you know for it not to happen, and people mm-hmm. got very angry. And I get it. I think with some possibly at one time, maybe with some thought and with us implicit in the creative process, there's a, there's a chance it could have been reversioned and community. Well, community is... <laughs> but you know, they do, when, they see, when you see things like the um, paintball war in community, and yeah. in, do you, I mean, do you go, uh... No, because I really like community. And I really, I, I've met, uh, I know I'm very friendly with Joel McHale. I think mm-hmm. he's a great guy. And uh, Dan Harmon I've become friends with since because I think, I don't think he'd seen Spaced. 
And then he saw it having been already into community and saw space. Like, geez, these guys are kind of doing the same thing as I am. You know, it's like a synchronicity and a, a, a kindred spirit. And, and so we've been in touch and sort of caught up. And I will not fight you. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of us. I will not fight you. <laughs> and we uh, and so we've sort of bonded over a, a shared interest in creating something. I mean, mm -hmm. community does feel like the closest thing to space on American television. And uh, but in no way, I don't feel in any way that it, 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 it's drawn from us. It just feels like it's happened at a, a similar time, albeit 10 years later, sure. But I don't think they copied it as well. Mm -hmm. Is there any potential for you actually uh, doing something with community? I couldn't possibly say. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I want the Star Trek thing. The Star Trek thing's great. And then I was hearing JJ on Stern this week saying that you guys, the, the script's been delayed six months. Does that just tick you off because you just want to go back and play in the paper? Oh, hell yeah. Like, I mean, I think, I think what's happened is that they've delayed the, and this is me speculating, by the way. So, yeah, sure. Um, I think they've delayed the release date. There was one moment. Mike's right in your throat. Oh, I, can, oh, I, can, oh, I can hear your pulse. Oh, 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 oh. It, was, it was good until right there. That, that, yeah. Yeah. He laid back. He got relaxed. See, I was, I was, getting, too, I was getting too chilled. You want a Coke Zero? I think, <laughs> I think what happened was that the, 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 the July next year just seemed unrealistic mm -hmm. to, to shoot and post-produce it. I mean, it's going to take care. And it, you want to make a great movie for yeah, JJ, JJ wants it to be great, and he mm -hmm. doesn't want it to be beholden to some you know, optimistic release date. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you just used the word beholden in last week. Troy Duffy yelled at him. He's the director of... You remember that movie, Boondock Saints? Yeah. He gave me that shit. That fucking nightmare from overnight? Yeah, well, yeah, he was on this couch. Ugh. Yeah, no, no, we cleaned it. Uh, and, and, and I said beholden because I was referencing your buddy JJ being beholden to Spielberg and how yeah. it kind of distracted me watching the movie. And he goes, beholden. I think he was waiting to pounce on me for being like a film school kid who reviews movies, even though I don't give movies a whole lot of shit, and I think that I treat everything kind of fairly, yeah. and saying, okay, I can see why, you, why you'd enjoy this, this is what I didn't enjoy about it, this is what I did enjoy it, you know, and he just jumped on me, so I'm like, alright, like, when did, when did being dumb and not using a full vocabulary be cool? And, uh, and, and you know what, shoulder, right? you've got, you're a verbose guy in this book, but and you don't, you use use a lot of words that are big words, and I don't think it's because you're a geek. It's because you're educated. Indubitably. Indubitably. It's about using the right words. It it, I, 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 there's a, there's a definitely. A, it doesn't an, make you a geek. Doesn't make you an asshole. Doesn't no, make but you it's a also prick. not. It's not. It's I not, wasn't gonna fight him. It's not bad to look like. Uh, I think some people are frightened of appearing intelligent for some reason. Like for some, yeah. for some, for some reason, intelligence is, is is shameful or or it makes you less of a man, which it, it just is is the evidence of. Of deep psychological problems. It's fucked up. <laughs> like they're the insecure guys. Like, but then you only have to watch overnight to see how insecure that it, guy no, is. Yeah. We talked. Uh, they, here's the thing. You guys watched that episode last week. You, what you don't know is that Troy and Rock hung out in my place for like an hour afterwards, and we talked about filmmaking, and we talked about how overnight was so skewed. And I do believe it was. And well, then know, I apologize. I, I, I respect. I respect any filmmaker who goes out, grabs a camera, and tries to put a cohesive story together. And he did make a cohesive story, whether you like the movie or not. Yeah. He got it done. You know, fucking Green Goblin's in his movie, so you gotta like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, well, the dude from Walking Dead. The dude from Walking Dead is in his movie. You know, you gotta <laughs> like it. Um, talk about. Um, I want to talk about this point in the book that that I felt like a kinship with, and and when we're talking about things like insecurities, especially with geek and, and jock and this and that, um, your divorce, your parents' divorce. Mm. Especially because your marriage is, is solid, and my, my marriage is a solid a year in. I mean, I told you before the taping, my wife made a Thunderdome reference, which, I mean, what it's amazing. What more could you ask for from my wife? Um, when your parents divorced, my parents divorced around the same age years did. Yeah. Um, didn't it make you just figure your shit out? 
I don't remember. I mean, I kind of, I, I addressed it in this book because it kind of had some, I guess, influence on how I related to other people. Did you run the geek stuff for stability? Does that make no, sense? Like, I, yeah, like, yeah. Like, did I, you surround yourself with It wasn't with like I was things. trying to escape right. into a different right. no, world. It, I was just, the thing is, when I was a kid, I wasn't really a geek. In, in, I was just a kid. Get him out of here. But I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I don't know a ch of a child in right. my in my in my schoolyard that wasn't into Star Wars. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? That didn't obsess about about childish things. Being a geek, I think, in some respects, is is about not being afraid to embrace arguably childish things as an adult and address them seriously. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? To find the what's this about? To find that yeah, to yeah. find that the the. the the truth and the kind of you know I mean look the Dark Knight Returns is a great example of this you take you take what has ostensibly been a childish format and you turn it into something which is extremely erudite and clever and adult and enables you to experience something of your childhood as a grown up mm -hmm. it means you don't have to graduate into domesticity and boredom you can still enjoy fantasy and it not be childish you know right. and geek yeah. culture is about extending your period of play almost it's about it's about kind of eternal youth in a way you know mm -hmm. i mean we're surrounded in this room we're surrounded by stuff that the uh, you, you know, like my man cave yeah it's great. <laughs> but but there are there are sort of you know dopey people who would go oh this is just kids shit mm -hmm. you know what i mean but and it's a reality commentary we're talking about yeah yeah it's 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 metaphor that's what genre mm -hmm. gets a genre gets a tough deal i think in the mainstream because it, it, it's seen as not serious, but the fact is it's all metaphorical, and that surely is more artistic and poetic than just showing two people's relationship breaking down with a video camera going like this. And it's not lecture, you know what I mean? No. It, it's not lecture, and there's room for interpretation. It almost challenges the audience to interpret. You know, it, it, you watch X-Men, what are your thoughts on racism? You watch Dark Knight, what are your thoughts on social responsibility? We watch uh, Shaun of the Dead, what are your thoughts on lo like loss of self? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or even like, you know, you watch Alien and what are your thoughts on your mum? You know, like, <laughs> I'm taking it in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that kind of horrible sort of uh, psychoanalytical. I mean, I went to, I was a, went to you film school as well. You just made me rethink well. my whole relationship with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> his, parents, that his, egg his, in your parents stayed, his parents stayed married. He did not have to work his shit out. He is working, <laughs> he is working his shit out now. See? And he's like, oh my God. It's good for you ultimately. <laughs> oh, it, it kicks you in the pants. Right, as you're like, okay, I think I'm cool. I've got youthful confidence and vigor. Oh my God, my world is crumbling. Where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the th you guys have made made two movies. Like that first one, Shaun of the Dead, really is about those mother issues as well. And in, in your in your it's yourself. about growing yeah, up. Yeah, growing yeah, up. Yeah. And then, what would you say that uh, that uh, that the next one was about? Hot Fuzz is Hot about fuzz, growing yeah. down. Weirdly, I think uh, going down. The, yeah, Shaun yeah. of the Dead is about. Um, is about responsibility and I mean apart from the, the, the various things that work with the zombies being like you know anonymity in the city and, and not relating to other people and fear of the collective all that kind of stuff it's also about growing up and moving on so Sean has to literally um, you know rid himself of his the things that are anchoring him mm -hmm. to his past uh, and he does so in the film it happens to him very literally Hot Fuzz is all about not being too grown up it's about switching your brain off every now and again it's okay to switch your brain off that's what Danny gets mm -hmm. Angel to do is and you get taken away from everything you're anchored to in yeah. the very beginning of the movie and Angel is yeah. so engaged in what he's doing he's so professional he doesn't smile for the mm -hmm. first 40 minutes and it's not until Danny teaches him to just loosen up and watch Point Break and it's kind of an, it's, a, it's, a, it's an apologist text for like for Michael Bay <laughs> 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 who knew Jesus Christ what was I trying to say um, but it's like saying you know it's okay to be not okay to be dumb but it's okay to, 
for lights to flash and bombs to mm. go off and I mean in art to, to watch yeah. to watch that yeah. film and enjoy it Kickboxer is a phenomenal film I don't know what you're saying sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, Alex don't do this don't fight this guy Sorry. It, it's a, I mean that scene in itself I don't know how they overlooked it the, the, do you think about this stuff I know the literal and the subconscious. Do you think about this stuff as you guys are putting this thing together? Like when you're writing Paul, are you thinking about uh, uh, yeah. Love Letter to Americana and themes and you're thinking about the heady stuff? Are you just trying to put a bunch of jokes together? Some of it. I mean, some, yeah, we, don't, we try not to just... It, we don't want it to be just shallow. I mean, mm -hmm. it, we try and invest that in it as we write it and we're, we're, we know that we're going to be tackling certain themes. We didn't... There are certain things, I think, looking back on Paul that we didn't really think when we wrote it that our subconscious like I think in some respects Paul is the story of me and Nick um, and our and our journey to America you know yeah. and, and coming over here and these mythic figures sort of stepping out of the shadows like Steven Spielberg like JJ and just going hey what's up you know just being like normal <laughs> people a cigarette and all yeah, that, yeah and that's like Paul it's like this the the absolute summit of their ambitions appears out of the darkness and he's just like hey what's up you know, and, and that is kind of what it's been like. You get to this mythic world that is so far from where I was born and where I grew up, and it's just a whole bunch of people making films. That's all it is. Yeah, you know? I mean, but when we think about London and England, I got to tell you, I, I thought I, I was like, is this guy a chimney sweep or a, a, a super spy? Like, he's one sweep. of the two, right? A, a chimney sweep. I was a chimney no, no, sweeping no, super spy. Oh, uh, yeah, villain. And a villain. I was like, you better be careful, Walton. He will tie you to railroad tracks. Please, Walton, be careful. He's shifty. Don't blow that myth, because that's that, we get a lot of work for being villains in Hollywood, believe me. Well, that's how you, I mean, Doctor Who, I mean, that you got, that you're the villain in that. And I remember, I know, yeah. um, when you were touring with Hot Fuzz, I remember you saying, I don't know if I want to play the villain, because... Um, uh, when you were touring with Hot Fuzz, and I, I got to see Bullet for the first time right. on uh, the big screen in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. But I remember you speaking very eloquently. It's like, well, we're the bad guys. We we were we ruled you guys, and and you were like, I don't know if I want to be a villain in American film. I, mm -hmm. it, was, it was very eloquent answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being yeah, British yeah. kind of makes you a villain in American film. Just well, it's from the, being there's British. a bizarre kind of <laughs> there's a bizarre kind of attitude over here towards us as British people, mm -hmm. in that we're kind of slightly. I don't know what the word is. I, that, I was talking about it this morning with the KTLA guys about, uh, you know, it's sometimes just assumed that we're smart and and it's, it's a lot to refined do with accent, refined. Same, yeah. I think it's because we come with a certain vintage, you know, because we're an ancient race and mm -hmm. and and we're also like have, the fucking guardians of the universe. I know it's isn't yeah. it? We're like the sentinels or something. There's some kind of weird kind of. <laughs> You're uh, a Watu, the Watcher. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they all have British accents. You just made me realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lantern, the, yeah. the guardians all had British accents. Well, look yeah. at look at the uh, look at Star Wars. Then I mean, all the older characters in Star Wars are British. So the three films, it's like the three yeah, films they made that were good. The yeah. three ones, yeah. yeah. In fact, well, they're not in the, in the other three. They're all Australian. It's a different thing. I'm gonna cry. But uh, the the like a lot of the even the characters that Lucas dubbed over. There's a lot, I can see a lot of British actors in the original mm -hmm. Star Wars that he ADR'd because it was shot in Elstree in London. And but the you know the older like Grand Moff Tarkin and Vader to an extent, even though it's James Earl Jones, but definitely Obi Wan Kenobi. They're British, and it represents this older order. Christopher Lee, of, like, even yeah, in the prequels. Let's, let's yeah. give them the prequels. Yeah. And everyone young is thrusting and American, and you know, and it's kind of like this. We have this odd relationship. It's like a kind of a parent. Did that piss you off at an early age? Did you they give you like some uh, like? Did that kind of draw you to be like, you know what? I, I know you said in an interview that you're not going to run off to Hollywood, and then you ended up doing it. You're yeah. talking about Mission Impossible Three. Yeah. Um, but somewhere in there, did, did it romanticize American pop culture for you? Did it help in, in the, the accents? Just well, the things like the accents. We have this strange situation. It's it's unique, I suppose. Maybe Australia as well, but but less so because we're, cl we're we're closer to you. 
And also, English is our language. English comes from, you know, we're a penal colony. We are English. Right. And you guys, a, a huge amount of people here speak English. Mm-hmm. We have this essentially TARDIS like annex to the UK, which mm-hmm. we can go into. It's this vast place that, that does all this art and culture that we can consume on, on level one because we understand the language. And, and it's, that's just it's Texas. really weird. And that's just Texas, yeah. yeah. That's just the art of barbecue. That's just the conservative Texas, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the odd thing that we have a country that we can totally understand, which is at once very exotic, but also very familiar. Mm-hmm. So everything we watch in the UK that comes out of America feels at once strange and familiar. So like if I start, when you see stuff from the UK in the UK, you just think, oh man, no, no. But I, I, well, I do as a as a right. British person because uh, what we see. We're what, loving this BBC America. That dude, Luther, I know. Yeah, Luther. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Amazing. I'm talking about when I'm yeah. growing up, when you're a kid oh. and you, come, oh, got you know, it. you see you see Coronation Street or EastEnders, and it's so drab because it's just home, and you know this. You see these people in the street, and then you watch Starsky and Hutch, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Magnum PI, yeah. you're like, oh, he's good. <laughs> I mean, what were the, that I had to have a huge reference. You just reference. dated each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, Starsky and Hutch. I'm a little bit, just, I'm a little bit younger than Simon. And I'm like 21 jumps. But, 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 but you know what? We, we can all speak this language. You know what I mean? We can all, I think Dean Cameron signed up for our website. You yeah, know Dean Cameron who, who from summer school? Yes. He, like, he just signed up for our website. What was the Dracula movie you took me to? Rockula. Rockula? You remember yeah. that? The, the guy who played Rockula signed up for our website uh, yeah. this morning. And I was like... Did Rockula just sign up for a fucking Geekscape account? We gotta get him on the show too. No, he's great. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Oh, okay, okay. He, he's not completely. It didn't come out of nowhere. No, yeah, okay. Um, Simon, your publicist. How many cities have you been doing for in, in the U.S. for this? Uh, three. You've done three cities. You've done Austin, New York, and, and uh, L.A. Well, where they read? Okay. Uh, it, you, you skip the parts where they don't read. The part of the country no, that don't been, read. Okay. I, I don't. I haven't. I, I think it was New York. Obviously, East and West had to do. But Austin has always been a very supportive town to us uh, with the movies. Mm-hmm. And um, it felt like, because I only had a week to do this, I couldn't right. literally do a proper tour and, 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 and go everywhere. Um, we had to kind of pick a triangle of, of, uh, of sort of relevance and, and hope that everything could be filled in. So New York and then Austin, because it's Austin and it's this amazing... It's my hometown. This nerd hive yeah. in the middle of Texas is fantastic. Working a triangle of relevance. <laughs> well, yeah. No, um, and... And it's, it's the book has been rocking for you in the U.S. Yeah, I mean the reception it. has it surprised you that in Austin you had six hundred people show up? Yeah, it's, it's and it, here you're doing Geekscape. Is it? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I know, well, in, the thing is, in the U.K., if you if you bring a book out, everyone goes mm. right. Whereas in the U.S., people go, "Well done," you know. It's kind of nice. I, I Are we enjoy, done with you? <laughs> I know. I think it's, there's a, there's a, people aren't ashamed to express well, enthusiasm here. Like, <laughs> that's that's right. a bit of an achievement in America. It's yeah. like, oh, you wrote a whole book. I can't get <laughs> We'll wait for the uh, the shortened version of the comic book or the adaptation. Are they, are they making that into a movie? Is it going to be a movie? Yeah. I'll go see the movie. <laughs> Your publicist has been here with it. Do you just think we're the biggest nerds? Like, like have you just seen him geek out with other You've nerds? You've seen a lot of nerds this week. You've seen week. some nerdy shit. <laughs> I'm a nerd too, though. Uh, uh, is she a nerd? Like, yeah. what, what kind of nerd cred does she have? Oh, she is a superhero by night. Oh, that'll do it. comic book store for two years. Did you really? I did. Which comic book store in New York? Um, alternate Realities in Westchester. Wow. Well, did you see that? There you go. I lived in New York for two years. Wow, that you, you just you just whipped out the gold card there. She just rocked me. You worked at a comic book shop in Westchester, where Xavier's school. 
Holy shit. Yes. She was an X-Man. Beth wow. Parker, get in front of the camera, she take over. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Simon, we've, we, we don't need you anymore. A girl that worked at a, a comic shop. A girl who worked at a comic shop. You know what? Damn, so, I told you not to tell them. <laughs> this guy was in Shaun of the Dead. You won't even make a third movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's your number? Walton, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, don't long, ask me long, to ask long, a girl her number. I don't know what to do. Long distance relationships? <laughs> long distance, you, you into long distance no. relationships? She's taken. Okay, she's taken. She's living with like Wolverine or Cyclops or some <laughs> shit like that, man. Somebody. Most of them. Fuck. <laughs> most, most of them. <laughs> wow. All of them. Ooh. You know what? We're sitting here going, wow, that's so foul. Most of you guys are fantasizing about being in place. You know? All of you want to see yeah. that now. I can well, I'll take Wolverine and Cyclops at the same time. Hey, Beast, get over here. Um, <laughs> Wow, uh, that's that's where Geekscape goes. You enjoy? It's good. I like the I like where it goes. It goes where other where other places don't. We go we go to tag teaming the X Men. That's that's what we do here. Is there a chapter? That, I haven't gone through the same the, the whole book. The X Men tag team. Yeah, yeah is, is that in here? The back, yeah. But um, your relationship with Nick. Yes. You like my segue? It's good. Your relationship with Nick. Um, do you do you miss him when you work on something with Adam and he works on something with you? Like like yeah. this fucking movie that Edgar Wright produced. Attack the Block. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. it at South by Southwest. That movie was amazing. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I came to I came to Hollywood. I'm the kid who came to Hollywood, being like, you know what? I would like to do a Critters movie. Right. Like, like that's that's where I, how my mind works. Seeing Attack the Block, don't need to do it. Yeah, Attack yeah, the yeah. Block is such an awesome Critters like movie. Yeah, it's great. Did, when you see Nick running around in Attack the Block, you get a little jealous. Like you could have played a Critter. Oh right, no, God, no. I, I, I'm, Have you seen the movie? Yes, the yeah, of course. Awesome. I, well, I, my company produced it, so. Uh, All right. I, I, <laughs> That'll I, do it. I, do my uh, research. I'm in, amazingly, amazingly proud of not only of the film but uh, of Nick being in it. And I, I, yeah, I do miss him when we don't work together because basically. Our, our career is essentially a way that we've contrived to hang out mm -hmm. because our wives have moved us to respective, you know, opposite ends of London. They're going to so keep trying. We don't get to yeah. see each other so much. So if we may, if we spend four months in New Mexico, then. Right, but uh, no, and, and I mean, yes, I do miss him, but I, I never get jealous ever. Right. I, I, his achievements fill me with nothing but pride. It's like I get excited to see him. I, I, I like to watch a film with he's in that I'm not. You could have been in a Critters movie. <laughs> but I, don't, I think I'm too. I think I was too. You'd have gotten killed off. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think Nick was right for that film because he's just well, Joe Cornish who made it. You know, obviously, is a great friend of Nick and knows Nick's strength and that character that Nick played he I couldn't have played that part and I think that um, it, it's fine and for me to sit back and just enjoy that film as mm -hmm. a film goer and which I did on the, the premiere in London I, I avoided it I didn't even see it at South by I went mm -hmm. to bed because uh, I had a very early start but I uh, I watched that film and it was just fucking brilliant you know and awesome. I watched it and this is amazing you got to see this movie Walton uh, you remember when it came back from South by oh, it this week I it, love it because it's, it's very rolled out here in the states. You guys have to see this. Yeah, and it's also you know young British street kids. You mm -hmm. know just, and I, I love the fact that it's translating here because they're all speaking in their you know sort of language that they speak. Skins. Yeah. Yeah, it's like skins. Well, it's not. We got exposed. Yeah. Yeah, right, we, you got, we got okay. skins. But it's blacker than it's skins. It's South Central versus oh. South. Yeah, yeah. Well, what were you guys describing? It's South London versus it means South Central or it's, outer it's, space it's or something. In a inner city versus outer space. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you guys, this is a perfect movie for you guys. You know, and then Paul comes out on DVD in August. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the hits keep coming. When when when, when are we going to see you next? Like in the in more movies? Uh, Mission Impossible, I guess, will be the next thing, and then you fucking worked with Brad Bird. Tintin, I know. He's when Brad Bird made Iron well. Giant, yeah, that movie was phenomenal, and it's a now. Great movie. 
What was it like working there? Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, they, didn't, they didn't ask John Woo. I don't know. I don't know. This <laughs> is Brad Bird's first, uh, you know, <laughs> foray into live action, and and it was very funny in the initial stages of shooting. He'd be like, "Why are these people keeping coming in and putting makeup on?" You know, he was like, he used to call them, he used to call them fluffers. It was like, "Stop it, go away." Uh, but he he took to it with aplomb, and I think he's brought all of that energy that you see in The Incredibles and Ratatouille and Lion Giant, and he's put it into a live action film. And I I w had the best time. It was we had a really good time on that movie. In Tintin, Tintin's like, at Christmas. You're, you're in a, but you're in a suit, right? Were you in a motion capture suit? I was, what's yeah. That, like, what's that like? In the movie, it's kind of weird. In the movie, you, Nick and I are these mustachioed mm -hmm. Belgian detectives that look virtually identical. Not quite, but they're they're called the Thompson twins. And um, but on set, we would yeah, you we know make the joke about in, the music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not all the music was based on the. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Exactly. And. Uh, the the 80s band actually came after the uh, right, ancient right. cartoon yeah. from Belgium. <laughs> what, get, wait, what did you say? American pop culture didn't invent the world? <laughs> the uh, Americans' exposure to Tintin has been mostly Nickelodeon aired the cartoon oh, they did. when they were first starting out. So that's most Americans' exposure. My exposure was my parents would abandon me in a library as a kid. They would just be like, have fun, and I would find Tintin because I was like, "Wow, this is a huge." We remember the oversized. Nice, they were oversized. That's a nice sort of uh, combination of parental uh, yeah. responsibility <laughs> and irresponsibility. <laughs> they were like, "Here, this wasn't a gaming yeah, arcade." At least you know? it, it was for a while. It was ET. They would just let us watch ET. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, watched yeah. ET in the theater time and time again. Yeah. We would just go back in. Uh, but the the Tintin was just an oversized book, and you're just drawn to it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and well, it's kept all the look of those books, you know, mm -hmm. but it's 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 hard. It's so hard to explain it because. You, we've seen Avatar, so we know how the performance capture can look. You're working with Smeagol. Huh? It was an Andy Serkis in the, in the film? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Andy Serkis was... Do you have to uh, out-Smeagol him? I mean, he's well, I probably a master a, of that I did stuff, a whole right? movie with uh, Andy Serkis, actually, oh. with John Landis, mm -hmm. uh, a movie called Burke and Hare, right. which is getting a, a limited release over here. Um, but, it, it, yeah, we will wear, you wear the one-piece motion capture suits, and but when you see it on screen, it will be like this... 3D version of, of, of Hergé's cartoons. And I don't mean just the 3D that it will be in, you know, the, to look at. It's also, you know, just it's depth and the depth. Yeah. Of the, you know. That trailer, I, I, it took me about two, uh, uh, a good 30 seconds in that trailer to realize it was an animated film. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Was Oh, really? Yeah. No, because yeah. I saw, like, Jamie Bell and stuff, like, in the mocap suit and stuff like that. And, and I've been keeping Billy up with Elliot? it. Yeah, 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 he's in it. I love Billy Elliot. <laughs> Billy Elliot. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I'm looking forward to Tintin. Um, and you're working with Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, this guy's got to get off your jock. I mean, he, <laughs> he's like, like he and JJ, they, they got to understand. Like, they put you in a movie, it's successful. But, like, come on, man. Like, did, know, did JJ so call you after the opening of Super 8 and be like, I only landed in the 30 million range, man. Like, the state is upset. <laughs> like, I should have had you play the monster. <laughs> like, like did, he, did he call you and be like, can I do Paul 2 or anything? No, like I call, he hasn't seen Paul yet. I, 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 I no, called he, him after Super 8. I saw 8. Super 8. He saw Paul. No, I swear to God. Right, like, I, I, I saw Super like, get him on the Get him on this couch. Like, I, I promise I'll give you, him a project. project. I've sent a copy over to him because... I like Super 8, but like, he saw Paul. He's me. very... I think we're, we're basically from the same cloth. <laughs> and I think we, 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 we are, uh, you know, very alike. That's why we get on so well. We've become friends since he called me because of... He called me to be in Mission Impossible 3 because he saw Shaun of the Dead. Mm -hmm. There was no agent involved. He just phoned me at my office and said, Hey, man, this is J.J. Abrams. I would do... I'd do um, a show called Alias. I've Did you got pretend like you didn't know what he was talking about? No, I was like, what? what do no, you, you were like, huh? It's the UK. It was, quite, it was amazing. It and then he said, oh, no, I've got this show coming out soon called Lost. I'll send it to you on DVD, which he did before it was on TV. Do you know how that show ended? Of... Did he reveal to you how the show ended? Because we don't know. Lost. How it ended? Yeah, Lost. You saw it, didn't you? Yeah, but 
Did it? Yeah, there was like it was a purgatory thing, and then. Okay. You know. <laughs> I'm still confused, JJ. Come on the couch. Like I'm still confused. Send, send Damon. What's uh, what's uh, important is that it caused uh, debate and contention, and that's the best thing art can do. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and then, but so I think I think we, both of us are, are kind of children of the same interests and age, and I think we kind of both had similar experiences, and I think that's why there's that similarity between our two films. I didn't see Super 8 until the night I got to New York last week. Mm -hmm. JJ hasn't seen Paul yet because he was, uh, you know, immersed in post-production as he always is. He buries himself in his work. And he's got TV shows. And which he's, got, is, and he's it's producing like, Friends oh, and all these other things, stuff. Right. So, because uh, I found him, I, I immediately said, you know, we both used DLO in the movie. And he said, what? And I said, yeah, we both used Don't Bring Me Down. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I think these films would make uh, he great acted like double bills. He didn't. <laughs> I, I, tr I trust him. Um, well, uh, as far as like an American film, it's really the first movie that's been made that, like, the first pop culture film atheists can kind of go, "Hey, look, like, you, know, like, you know, we're not alone. We're not. We're not." Because I don't, I don't really know in Britain how uh, it, what the religious thing is, but atheism is kind of looked down on here and. That was a message I really. We didn't do too so, too well here in the states with separation of church and state. Like we no. tried. Well, Europe's yeah, much more secular than the yeah. U.S. And and and, you know, atheism I guess is still probably the most uh, the hugest minority that there is. You mm -hmm. know, and probably the most oppressed. But um, you know, we just wanted to. If you're if there's a film where 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 aliens exist, it immediately calls into question our own sort of creation myths and stuff. And um, we wanted Kristen Wiig's character in Paul to be a creationist because it needed to be someone whose whose worldview was so you know concretized and, and immovable that the, the sight of Paul would change everything for her in an instant. It wasn't a you know we weren't having a go at Christians and we weren't having a go at religion as such. It's just you know because as uh, yeah I'm an atheist but I don't mind you know gentle ribbing and mm -hmm. uh, so I know a lot of Christians who find it very funny so it's like people that got on their high horse about it it was like well you can't please everybody it was a film where I can actually show it to somebody and go hey, let's watch this let's together. have some fun with and, it and, and, and my perspective is actually represented a little bit yeah 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 it, that, that was just what I wanted to point out because we were talking about themes earlier and I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like to bring up stuff 20 if, minutes it, after it, no if it's, hot, if it's hot in the studio it's because hell is calling you no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, the third movie like anything you want to tell the nerds about like the third movie you guys were working on uh, with Edgar no when, when, you're, when are you playing Ant-Man like, uh, right I'm no. too old for Ant-Man although I have I, Edgar's what told me about this the, uh, <laughs> get, get Walton to be Ant Man? Yeah, sure. What are you talking about? I'm just trying about? to put you in shit. I miss what are you. What talking about? I, uh, I don't. Well, we've already started writing it, and mm -hmm. um, what we need to do is get a, a dedicated period when we can sit down together and actually do a screenplay, which which will hopefully be this year. Mm -hmm. um, we're absolutely, you know, we've pulled the trigger on it, and we're. It, we now have the time ahead next of us movie? to do it. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's a Who lot knows what land, but yeah. There's a lot of things that factor in. I, I there was some article on the web the other day that was like. They oh they said they're going to do it again like we're somehow you know running our lives for yeah. some guy <laughs> because the movies you guys have made been yeah. making in the meantime haven't a, like been for us at all it's like, like but it's also like we don't have other thing like you yeah. know if I if Star Trek comes up suddenly soon if they say okay we're going next week right. and they might do I don't know I'm, I'm sure they won't but then I'll have to go and do Star Trek and willingly so Edgar's not going to want to just sit around and wait for me he'll want to do another movie so he'll yeah. take something on. 
this all has to coalesce and we're hoping that now it's looking more likely that we'll be able to write it and but I'm not going to say anything about it because we're going to try and be JJ level secrecy about it. Any possibility of Jessica coming back? I'd love to work with Jess again. I Jess is in um is in Super 8 actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super 8. No, I was about to say I was like you too should let go of your mother. Sorry, she's in right. Broken Hair. She plays Andy Serkis' <laughs> wife in Broken Hair. She's really funny in it it's gonna be crazy working with John Landis yeah it was great he's yeah. amazing but I think um, yeah if we haven't written the film yet so I, it would be awful to say oh Jess is gonna be in it but then we write the film and suddenly <laughs> there's not a character worth her worth playing <laughs> you're gonna be a about it I, I would love to work with Jess again and I would in a heartbeat she's such a talented actress and very very funny you know Oh, you know what? With the publicist here, uh, you know, every time you start texting, I think you're like sexting with Cyclops. Uh, like I see her out of the corner of my eye, like like setting up appointments, and I'm like, she's telling Wolverine what she's gonna do to Wolverine. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is crazy. We need that cell phone. We need that cell phone. You can't have it. Okay, okay. Um, Simon, you've yes. been awesome to be here with us on Geekscape. Thank you. It's been fun. Anytime you're back in the States, you want to come hang out in the man cave and do a Geekscape. You well, got I'll be... Geek thoughts. Anything you want to put up on the site, you let us know. I like, I like to rant and, uh, you know, I will be here for an extended period whenever they tell us to, whenever they beam me over, which should be fairly <laughs> soon, right. I hope, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you, I mean, we're going to see you in Mission Impossible 3. We're going to see you in, in or four. 4. We're going to see you in 10, 10. Ghost Protocol. We don't call it 4. Oh, you call it, right. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. What is that? Like, well, because I think because it's been a little while since three, and you know, three was fucking awesome. Three was great, but I think there's a, there's there is a there is a. But did it underperform? Sense. No, no, it was like I mean, globally, it was it was massive. You it's know, a fucking it's awesome like movie. it's um it it's, it did really well. It, it's because there will be a whole bunch of kids that have you know grew up mm. after Mission Impossible Three who are gonna think, oh, I haven't seen the first three when they see the four. And so to give it a title of its own and let it stand alone a bit more, I think it's sensible. You know, it stops it from being just part of a list and it makes it a film in itself. That's the nice part about that franchise is the fact that each one does stand on its own. I can't wait to see Brad Is there another franchise other than perhaps Alien that has had a more eclectic group of directors? I mean, De Palma, Wu, JJ, and now Brad Bird. I mean, that's such an amazing group of Mm -hmm. directors, all of them with a distinctive style. And Brad's no different in this. Well, Wes Anderson's doing the fifth one. (laughs) It's going to be Wes Anderson. A lot of Ethan just assembling guns from above like this. And quirky, like staring at railroad tracks. Well, the Rush Hour series, depending on uh, Brett Ratner's mood. Uh, of yeah. Which personality was it today? No, um, listen, guys. If, if he, he said he rants, he says he likes to ramble. If you guys have liked anything that you've heard over the last hour, the book is out right now in the states. Uh, Nerd Duel by my buddy Simon Pegg. Um, I implore all of you guys to go and check it out because it is literally something that I think is going to resonate with all you guys regardless of what your age is. Luckily, like a good storyteller, he started at the beginning. And, uh, and, and, and he does go through age and, he, and he, he doesn't rush to the stuff that we're familiar with. He lets you get to know him for a bit. And we've gotten to know him here over the last hour on Geekscape. And I really think all of you guys should run out and pick up this book because... Um, it's inspiring. Thanks, John. I mean, I, I'm serious about that. I like, I'm, I'm reading it. And I'm like, I remember my first fight, walking to the fight after being called out, walking to the fight, trying to pump myself up by comparing myself to, to John Burns uh, drawings of Wolverine. <laughs> like, I was like, I, like, I got to be like Wolverine. Like, what a fucking nerd. I'm serious. Monday night, I had, I woke up from a nightmare and I was like, oh my god, 
The Nightmare was about Green Lantern not being a good film. <laughs> <laughs> that was the apex. And like a nerd, I got on Twitter and was like, I just had the worst nightmare of my life. Yeah, yeah, Green yeah. Lantern wasn't good. Like, I've lived through the death of my brother. I've lived through divorce. I've lived through a million things. No, no, God forbid a Green Lantern movie be bad. <laughs> that is a nerdy sentiment. Yeah. And, and the responses and back are, you just had the same dream. What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's admirable. It's very admirable. We've got to get this yeah. in. Hang on. This, 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 well, Walton, look at this. This strange Walton, little what's the story curio. So I moved to LA. I'm in uh, I'm getting some thing. furniture from a thrift shop, and I'm walking by the sports section. And in with the golf clubs is a mini cricket paddle from Shaun of the Dead. It's in the sports section. In the sports section, and I'm like, Can I just say it's a bat? It's not a paddle. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Depends on how you use it. He's had a couple ladies <laughs> over. And he, I, 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 I wouldn't touch that. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, I, what, I, what I really object to is this for use on zombies only. If anyone read that and took it for real and just kept this as possible weapon in a zombie outbreak, they would be dead in seconds. <laughs> this is not going to hurt anybody. You, you, would, you would go with Jonathan, like a stabbing I could whack you around the head with that several times. You know what? Would make I would dent. probably be the worst zombie ever. You would kill me with that thing. <laughs> You'd have to sort of <laughs> dig it in through the eyes or something. I'd be running around with it poking out of my eye. <laughs> Could you, could you stop moving? <laughs> you know, you these, are quite, like these are very rare. I think, you know what? I, I should, if I sign this, then you will get twice what you pay for it. So $5 in your <laughs> pocket. But I would never sell it. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know. We, we can that's have you guys. That's going to my child <laughs> that I will never have. <laughs> oh, no. I hope not. That would be weird. Forever your mail. This is yours. <laughs> Take it. It's like, that's it. It's super eight. <laughs> um, guys, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, look for us on YouTube. We're Geekscape. You're on the Twitter. Uh, you're on the Twitter. I am. You're just yeah, Simon yeah, yeah. Pegg on Twitter. I just Simon Pegg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I I I quite enjoy Twitter. Yeah. You you tweet a lot. I follow you on Twitter. Oh, I mainly t I, yeah. I generally tweet in lumps when I'm out mm -hmm. walking the dog because I've got I, I've got no one to talk to apart from a million and a half people. So <laughs> what else are you going to do? I'm just so alone. <laughs> it's be interesting I Your cries for help on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Been awesome. Please help me. Uh, there's always like a, a bit of a fish piranha frenzy when they when people realize a celebrity is starting to answer questions or tweet back yeah, to yeah, people yeah. so it's like oh blood in the water he's, he's tweeting back to people today yeah yeah and I, retweet me you have to be very careful i i try and uh it's very hard to read every the replies because they come through quite thick and fast because i've got you know a few followers now and occasionally you see something that you think, oh, I can respond to this, but you also, like, you can't retweet every charity request because if you retweet one, you should do them all. And then mm -hmm. your, your feed would just become an, a, a commercial board, you know. For... I think Alyssa Milano does that, in all honesty. They, well, she was, like, yeah. the first on Twitter. I think oh, okay. she created Twitter, actually. Did she? She invented yeah. it? Yeah. They were like, who's the boss? I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, you've been awesome. Thank you so here. much. Uh, again, guys, pleasure. go pick up the book. Get your hand in shop. <laughs> you will find it on bookstores here in the U.S. You can order on Amazon, a million, uh, a million, million sources. Anything I'm leaving out here? She's like, I gotta go. Banshee wants to see me. <laughs> uh, um, listen, guys, we're Geekscape. We're going to see you next week with a uh, review of Cars 2. And do we know who the guest is? We'll talk about it next uh, week. It's going to be America Young. Cool. America Young from First Edition, one of our favorite web series, will be here next week. Um, and of course, if you guys are in San Diego for Comic Con this summer, come by the Geekscape booth. We're also doing a Geekscape party. A whole bunch of crazy stuff is going on this summer, so you're going to want to check the Geekscape website at geekscape.net for all of that. And um, again, Simon, thanks, thanks a lot. Man. Cool, Pleasure. buddy. Pleasure. See you guys next week. Thanks for coming to Pegscape. <laughs> <laughs>